All right, folks, here we go. March 10th, 2023, The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with Zach Rector. Appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. And today we are updating you on the bank runs that have begun. What a time to be alive. We warned about this. Here we are. And let's get straight on into it, okay? Bitcoin back below 20K. Let's take a look. At the time of this recording, 19,940 for Bitcoin, 1,440 Ethereum, and a 36 cent XRP. Let's pull up our chart and take a look. Fantastic, right? Uh, watching these movements, watching this pattern. Let's turn on the moon phase pattern right there for us. Playing out perfectly, we get that top coming in around that last new moon of February. We were warning March 7th, we drew the vertical line. You know, we got the horizontal lines, we got the vertical lines. We keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Uh, and so once again, five days before that full moon, the energy comes in, bring us back down. Here we go. Now we're collapsing banks and they're about to blame the the banks failing on the cryptocurrency space. Just wait for it. Full update though. Let's get straight, straight into it, guys. I appreciate everyone for tuning in and a quick shout out to all the, all the community out here, guys. Thank you so much for all the thoughts, love, prayers that you guys have been sending our way. I can't say thank you enough on behalf of myself and my family. Really means the world to us and I do appreciate you guys. Let's get straight on into it though, okay? So Right on into it, guys. We have the Kobesi letter. U.S. stocks and crypto have now lost over $2 trillion in market cap in under 24 hours. Stock market futures just hit a two-month low, and Bitcoin broke below 20 k Meanwhile, a collapse of Silicon Valley Bank would mark the second largest bank failure in history. We look at the banks and the financial stocks right here from Bond Crip, and you can see this chart. I mean, just a bloodbath of red in the banks and the financials stocks tanking okay let's keep it rolling don't worry though folks do not worry janet no telling yelling is on the job says that the treasury department is carefully watching the crisis at a few banks quote unquote a few banks and need not to be worried president joe biden says his economic plan is working all right folks so no reason to panic no reason for concern right it's going just according to plan let's continue right through it okay so we have this news this is the reality. Let's take a look. Balaji, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Balaji here on Twitter. First, the Fed printed trillions. Then they denied that inflation was happening. Then they said it was transitory. Suddenly, they sent rates to the moon. That crashed much of the economy. And now we have debris starting to fall this year. Banks, real estate, blue states, then pressure to print will resume. That's the trillion dollar question is when is the Fed going to pivot and turn those money printers back on? Now, we have a timeline of events here from the Kobesi letter. This is in regards to the Silicon Valley Bank that is now collapsed and has been seized by the bank regulators here in the United States. So first off, we have SVB begins to face run on bank as 91 billion in bonds face interest rate risk. So we have a fire sale of 21 billion bond portfolio is announced. Over 1.8 billion is lost during that fire sale. SVB announces 2.3 billion share sale to cover bond losses. Then the credit agencies cut SVB's credit ratings. SVB pay, uh, fails to raise capital as investors panic. Then we see U.S. banking sector lose nearly 100 billion in market cap in 24 hours. SVB announces intention to sell the company. Regulators and FDIC take control of the SVB. 
and we have the second largest bank collapse in U.S. history seemingly happens overnight. I feel like I've heard that, that phrase before in the XRP community, haven't we? Talking about overnight reset. Now, I think we have to understand this doesn't you know, mean uh, that everything gets collapsed and reset in one night. I think that we have to look at this in just a, um, you know, metaphorically speaking, happening in the blink of an eye, right? I mean, while we still have Joe Biden telling us that it's all fine and it's all according to plan, but we currently have 93% of all deposits at SVB are above the 250000 FDIC insurance limit. This can't end well, okay? So we had a lot of big money in there, right? 93% of all deposits at SVB are above the 250 FDIC insurance limit. Those guys are going to be in trouble. Now, I found a clip here from uh, Meet Kevin. We're going to play this. And um, before I do that, I want to show you this. Jim Cramer telling us all is well. JP Morgan is a fortress, okay? So we have the Jim Cramer inverse uh, inverse signal sending us uh, the message here today, this morning. JP Morgan is a fortress. Let's see how well he's predicted uh, in the um, most recent bank runs that we had, 07, 08. Let's see what uh, Jim Cramer had to say. This clip here from Meet Kevin, huge shout out. There's a reason why Silicon Valley Bank dropped 45% in one day, and even though the stock is suspended right now, is likely to end today down another 50%. This is despite the fact that people like Jim Cramer told us everything is fine at Silicon Valley Bank. This company's a merchant bank with a deposit base that Wall Street had been mistakenly concerned about. SUB, it's the old Silicon Valley Bank. Recently bought one of our favorite research firms, Buffett Nathanson, and it's become less dependent upon private equity and venture capital offerings. Wait a second. Those dried up last year, they could come back. Yes, some of them come back here with the stock directly affects an oversold position. Stock was the fourth worst performer in 2022. I think the fears were not justified. And it's a very compelling situation. Yes, that was Jim Cramer literally talking about this bank that's now trading for under $100 a share back when it was $300 saying Wall Street is wrong to think that this bank is in distress. Yet now the bond market is starting to price in that this bank could go bankrupt. Then again, Jim Cramer's track record isn't that great. Here he is talking about Bear Stearns back before the company went bankrupt. Look at what it was trading for when Jim Cramer was pitching it. <laughs> okay, Peter writes, should I be worried about Bear Stearns in terms of liquidity and get my money out of there? No, no, no. Bear Stearns is fine. Do not take your money. This is really, look, if there's one takeaway other than a plus 400 somebody, Bear Stearns is not in trouble. I mean, if anything, they're more likely to be taken over. Don't move your money from Bear. That's just being silly. Don't be silly. Okay, just so you get a sense of what's causing the agony by this point, I know you've been talking about it. It's financials led by Bear Stearns after what essentially is a bailout from the Fed. Bear Stearns shares are down 90% this morning, and it's not just Bear. Pretty much every single bank is plunging in early trade this morning. Lehman, which is very similar to Bear and its reliance on fixed income, is down nearly 30%. You have big names like Goldman Sachs down 8%, Citigroup down 8%. So it is pain across the board this morning. And as you know, it all emanates from uh, this, well, the shock this weekend uh, that J.P. Morgan, along with the Fed, was going to be bailing out Bear Stearns for $2 a share. This is a stock that recently was trading at 80. Last year was trading at 160. 
It is the fifth biggest bank on Wall Street. It is significant in that it is establishing a price for some of these hard-to-value securities. And as you are well aware, that price is pretty much zero. And that's why you're seeing pain across the street. It's also despite the fact that J.P. Morgan said everything is fine at Silicon Valley Bank. In fact, we think it's going to go to the moon and it's going to be worth 300 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys see there Jim Cramer. And, and, you know, as you said here, J.P. Morgan, they're the ones that actually stepped up and bailed out Bear Stearns there at $2 a share is what she said, right? So we have Jim Cramer acknowledging here once again that J.P. Morgan is the fortress. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, <laughs> of course, Jim Cramer, every time, I mean, whatever he says is, is going up. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't move your money. That's just crazy. You heard him saying. Uh, well, obviously, there was some reason to concern here. Now, um, we see this is not just smaller banks, guys. This contagion is spreading rapidly throughout the banking sector, and it is not just these smaller one-off banks. Take a look at this one, guys. <clears throat> so <clears throat> this one shared here by ProCoin News. Last month, it was BOA. This month, it's Well Fargo's. Uh, sure does feel like the system is getting ready to flip the switch, doesn't it? And so Wells Fargo, customers' direct deposits are missing, according to reports from the Insider paper, okay? Uh, yeah, customers have reported that their direct deposits were missing from their accounts on Friday. So this is spreading rapidly, not just smaller Silvergate, not just smaller little, and this is not just, right, in the crypto space now. The crypto space has spread to the banks. Now the banks have started to fall. And this is what I'm worried about, is they're going to be able to look back on this and say the first dominoes to fall came from the cryptocurrency space. And that's a big reason for concern. Now, Peter Schiff breaking this down, he says, the US banking system is on the verge of a much bigger collapse than 2008. Banks own long-term paper at extremely low interest rates. They can't compete with short-term treasuries. Mass withdrawals from depositors seeking higher yields will result in a wave of bank failures. Now, I just want to remind everyone, right? We played the FDIC meeting that took place back in November of last year where they were talking about the systemic risk throughout the whole space and basically that the events of 2020 showed them, you know, what were kind of a was kind of a trial or a simulation for what would be coming in the future. They didn't know what was going to cause it. And now here we go, a few months later, sure enough, perfectly played we get to blame the crypto bros for the start of the liquidity crisis growing and it's so funny because i've had so many people in the comments arguing with me that we're not in a liquidity crisis right that there's no reason to worry and you guys have seen the the the, the crypto bros who are shilling you the to the moon story saying that the bottom is in it's all up from here now that we've reached 25k it shows that the space is resilient and we're just going to keep on going up the complete opposite is occurring. Have we set a new bottom yet? No, not yet. But right, we're we're just starting to see this ramp up. This has been the most recent um, tank of gas that's been dumped on the fire that's been going on, that we've been warning about, and it's now spreading rapidly, okay? And so you're seeing, right, that they the what they have here, as Peter said, they can't compete with short-term treasuries. <clears throat> We have mass withdrawals from depositors seeking higher yields will result in a wave of bank failures, 
right? So now this has gone much more, much more than just people trying to seek a higher yield on the short-term treasuries. Now we have a fully induced bank run underway. And we're going to get into it at the end of the show on what I'm doing and you know what I think people need to consider as we go through this crisis. Now, looking at the cryptocurrency space from Ashish Birla, who is building crypto products since 2013 at Ripple, right? And uh, huge shout out to Ashish Birla. For those wondering about USDC, according to Circle's January monthly, USDC adaptation. Attestation, 80% of reserves are in U.S. Treasuries custodied by BNY Mellon. There, there's that BNY Mellon name again, right? The BNY Mellon heir scooping up $50 million worth of XRP, right? I mean, just all sorts of XRP was getting scooped up there by the BNY Mellon heir before his untimely death. And now we see here BNY Mellon in the mix once again. 80% of reserves are in U.S. Treasuries custodied by BNY Mellon. Good. 20% is custodied at several other banking, including Citizen Bank, SVB, Silvergate, and others. Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate, and others. Not good, okay? So we're going to see this continue to spread. We've always warned that even some of these, um, I personally have been warning you guys, you know, that even with Circle being legit, trying to be within compliance, backing their, um, ba backing with, with um, basically treasuries and cash, right? We thought that they were, you know, more back than Tether is, but we just continued to warn that none of these stable coins are safe, right? And you have to diversify amongst the the assets that are supposed to be more safe, more conservative, because you just don't know. And and we'll talk about the other assets that we're holding uh, that have no, you know, counterparty risk to worry about at all, right? So we'll we'll get into that here at the end. But let's continue on. So we see this, um, you know, started in the crypto space, spreading to the banks, and now it's going back to the crypto space. This is spreading rapidly, and it's going to continue to grow. This is a bank run, and you've already seen the crypto run at the exchanges has already started as well. Started with, you know, Luna, then FTX. Now we've just continued to see it. We got questions circling surrounding Binance as well. We are not done. We're definitely not to the other side of this thing yet. Now, interesting coincidence from Fred Rispoli. Huge shout out to Fred. One of the real ones fighting this thing head on. Fred's law firm, Hoddle Law, files case for a ruling that the SEC has no jurisdiction over Ethereum. The SEC tries to dismiss the case. Now, our case is heating up, and then the New York Attorney General files a case against KuCoin. In this case against KuCoin, they are alleging that Ethereum is a security. Fred says, it almost seems like our lawsuit got them rattled and put some hasty government plan into action early. I don't know if it's a coincidence. I don't know if Fred's on to something here, but we do stand behind Fred Rispoli fighting the good fight here. He made that uh, motion here against the SEC. And the SEC simply just tried to get them to dismiss the case, just throw it out, right? Now, Fred's huddle law filed their opposition to the SEC's motion to dismiss. Uh, the motion where the SEC admitted in court it has not made a decision on the security status of Ethereum. Now, here we have just a, you know, uh, a short time later, the New York Attorney General has just filed this case against KuCoin where they are alleging that Ethereum is a security. Okay, We have to continue to watch this one. But Jimmy Valley, huge shout out, breaks this whole situation down for the XRP community, the, the Ethereum followers, and JP Morgan as well, all involved. 
says much is being made about the New York Attorney General calling Ethereum a security. We should go with the facts, neither legal nor financial advice. Think of this as advice of the conscious. Okay, quick thread. First off, we have Ethereum and Consensus has fair notice gold with the Hinman speech and the subsequent roadshow by the SEC, Hinman, Clayton, and others at the SEC. It wasn't right that this happened, but it did. We cannot change the past. The Ethereum Foundation and Consensus should file an amicus brief in the Ripple case ASAP, supporting Ripple's fair notice defense, much like Coinbase. I know it's procedurally too late, but they can still file and make their brief public. This would show there is actually industry consensus, no, the pun is not lost on me, that the digital assets themselves are not securities. This is the truth. There is no issuer of software code opping on a decentralized net that is uh, used to move information and value on the net, nor any contract. These things are used, and the securities laws should not apply absent some other fact making specific thing solely an investment contract. Basically, right, the underlying tech, the underlying tokens and themselves are not securities. When you wrap them or tie them up into other things or investment contracts, that is when the security laws apply. The ETH Foundation had a bona fide securities offering in the legal ICO prior to launch of Ethereum network. This fact is not in dispute and Bill Hinman basically said so in his infamous 2018 speech. Quote, putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, uh, the, uh, right, did this get out of order? No, no, no. Okay. Right. No, no, no. We're still here. Right. So, what he's saying right here is that they have plenty of fair notice evidence, right? The Ethereum Foundation had a bona fide securities offering in the legal ICO prior to launch of Ethereum network. The fact is not in dispute and Bill Hemming basically said so in his infamous speech, 2018 speech, putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, Ether Foundation and the SEC could enter into a settlement to disgorge the profits made on the ICO and make them file a Form D to perfect the private placement, assuming the offering was only to accredited investors. In any event, a settlement and fine is appropriate. The SEC should immediately dismiss the Ripple case with prejudice and publicly apologize to the American people for effing up this rollout of digital asset regulation so badly. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Yeah, just do the right thing. Dismiss the case completely based off of prejudice, right? Their hands are dirty. This is necessary for trust to be reestablished in our institutions. If they do not take this from remedial action, the government system is toast. Banks are failing all over the world. Politicians pontificate on what's right and wrong, seeing who can out virtual signal the other. Meanwhile, the people are in pain, losing their jobs, businesses, and family. We need the liquidity and creativity that can come from ushering in this new digital asset class. Enough is enough. And I could not agree further. Uh, God bless Jimmy Valley for breaking this one down for us, fighting the good fight, you know, part of running this whole um, improperly called buyback committee. It's much more than a buyback committee. Um, it's, it's a group of Americans and others, lawyers, professionals, accountants, experts in, in, their, uh, in their particular fields who are trying to protect investors in the digital asset space, not just the XRP community, others as well. I just saw that John Deaton potentially is filing, uh, you know, is getting prepared to file a class action lawsuit on behalf of Ethereum holders. I don't know what that was all about. I'm going to have to look into that further. 
But these guys, it's not just about the XRP community. It's about the whole space as a whole. And it's about government overreach. And it's about government corruption at the highest levels. This is why we're having to fight this fight. Okay. And, um, you, you know, I think that Jimmy did a great job of breaking down this situation here. What Ethereum Foundation should do. File the amicus brief in the Ripple case. Right. And once again, I've been making this point. I think that if, if Ripple does win on fair notice defense, that is the only thing that the rest of the crypto space is going to be able to hold on to. If Ripple wins on fair notice defense, there's a good chance that they could win on fair notice defense. Does that outright give us clarity? Not necessarily, right? We could get additional victories in, in the judge's ruling that would give us clarity, or at least on the secondary sales. But if Ripple wins on fair notice defense, the rest of the space can hold on to that fair notice defense as well, right? I think Ethereum definitely does have fair notice defense, right? Um, and, and definitely could settle up for the ICO fund that they did. I suspect that much of the ICO was done to accredited investors. But, um, you know, obviously they have friends in higher places with consensus being funded by JP Morgan and other Wall Street types, right? And so I'm not looking for Ethereum to go away. I'm not wanting any of these other projects to fail. Um, I put out a joke yesterday. I said, is is HBAR still the XRP killer? HBAR was having some issues, I guess, and they're working that out. And it was a joke, by the way. I, I, I'm, I'm, of, of course, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not, that I have to clarify that that is a joke, okay? Um, I don't know who originally said that or where I heard that from. Someone suggesting that HBAR was an, Ethereum, uh, was an XRP killer, but that's obviously a joke. They're two different utilities, two different projects, and I am not here to see one project kill another. I just want a level playing field and may, may the best parties win, may the best tech win, best companies win. But that's all we want is, is the level playing field. It's not that I want to see Ethereum get taken down, but it is ironic to see all of the crap that was thrown and you know spewed out here by the Ethereum guys, by Vitalik calling XRP a shitcoin, it is ironic, and I do get some joy out of seeing it come back on these guys, and 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 kind of um, you know, blow up in their face when the facts and the circumstances around Ripple XRP are very clear to me. And like I said, if Ripple gets clarity, if XRP gets clarity, I don't think that it's going to apply to much of the space because the facts and the circumstances around Ripple XRP are much different than the rest of the space that did ICOs, was doing a lot more shady things, didn't have a, a, a basically a token that ran a network that was already decentralized. A lot of these projects were not sufficiently decentralized, still aren't decentralized. I would argue that Ethereum potentially could still be made a security just off of the staking ETH 2.0 merge flop. Um, you know, just the case in the way that Ethereum is still ran today. I, it's not that I want to see them lose or get taken down. And obviously they could potentially get a free pass or get allowed to be brought into compliance, which is the right thing to do is to have that safe harbor passage that Hester Pierce suggested and allow these projects to come back into compliance. But just the way that the project is ran today is not sufficiently decentralized enough for me to want to make an investment when i look at potential investments and i see that there's no cap there's no max supply on ethereum yet determined or agreed upon or set in stone or set into code with ethereum just so we're all clear there's no max supply and then with proof of stake and the centralization that we see within that network it makes me uncomfortable I mean, the Ethereum community and the guys that are invested in that might make the argument that it's sufficiently decentralized and that, 
you know, Vitalik and the Ethereum Foundation are just a nice group of guys and there's other people within the community that are keeping it decentralized. That's a fine story. That's all fine and dandy. And I wish them the best as an investment. I don't own any ETH um, and I wouldn't want to touch it either just based off of the morality of it. Not that I'm on some higher ground, but what they did was criminally corrupt with the Ethereum free pass. It was all dirty. It was all shady. And as an American, I believe that it is part of what has held back this country from leaning forward, leaning into this innovation and this technology that the humanity needs. So I don't want to be a part of that. Even if there is some gains to be had, even if they are going to make it, even if their story's cool, I don't care. It's dirty. It's corrupt. I'm not touching it. But nonetheless... Folks, as we've been saying here, unless Ripple wins on Fairnose Defense, I don't think that the rest of the space is going to be able to grasp much from this case. I think that we are going to get clarity here soon. That's the beautiful thing for the XRP community is we're writing this thing out. We've already had to go through two years of a lawsuit. We've already had a company like Ripple step up and throw down $100 million on this lawsuit on behalf of the XRP community, not just Ripple, on behalf of the XRP community, because we're going to get clarity for this currency. That's what matters most. Is Ripple ready to settle up? Absolutely. If they get clarity on XRP, they've said, Brad already said, as long as we get clarity on XRP, we would potentially consider a settlement. Here we are while the, while the rest of the space is collapsing, while it's now spread into the banks and we have full-blown bank run engaged, right? The Phoenix is ready to rise from the ashes. Absolutely. Now, we, we just asked the question, you know, what what happens next here? What is the Fed going to be able to do? What is the U.S. government going to be able to do? What is the banking system going to be able to do? And who is going to be able to survive this bank run, this liquidity crisis, this debt and currency crisis that is well underway and we are nowhere near being done? I hope that that's clear for everyone, right? So over the last few months, you guys have seen, I've been saying to you guys, I wish I could put rocket emojis in the thumbnails, O-face, bottom is in, send it to the moon, Oh, face, right? I wish I could, but the fundamentals don't lie. And the real data, when you looked in, right? The devil was in the details. And we kept on saying, guys, we're not done. We're not through to the other side of this yet. Here we are. Now let's break this down for you guys, okay? So this one here from Gold Telegraph. Jerome Powell is still telling us that they are going to be offloading this balance sheet. The Fed is sitting on an uh, $8.4 trillion portfolio of bonds that they keep saying they will unload. Now, from the very beginning, we've been saying, who's going to buy this? Who's going to buy this crap? Japan is the largest owner of the U.S. debt. The Bank of Japan continues to discuss adjusting its yield curve control. What happens if that happens? Well, the people in Japan own $2.4 trillion of foreign debt. Now, we talked about this. Japan owns two point four of foreign debt, okay? Large amount of that is U.S. government debt. China dumped over $100 billion of U.S. bonds in Q4, okay? So these countries, the ones that aren't so friendly to us like China, have already started to dump. And we've kicked them off the SWIFT system like Russia. We've already seized their assets, right? But then other countries have started to drop our bonds, drop our treasuries, drop our debt, drop our dollar, no longer care about being on the SWIFT system because of those actions, right? And now the question then becomes, when are these other central banks going to say, okay, we're no longer going to hold on to this? And if the Fed's telling us that they want to offload $8 trillion of treasuries, 
Maybe we should front run that. See, if, I, if, if we were in, in that boardroom, making that decision, making those investments, looking at our balance sheet and saying, wow, we have a couple trillion of these treasuries that the Fed, that the ones that are supposed to be you know, you know, basically engaged in keeping the dollar afloat, in keeping sound money, keeping inflation in check, they're, the, they're, they're only have a couple tools here. Raising interest rates, right, and and adjusting their balance sheet, or i.e. printing or injecting liquidity, right? Well, what would you guys be doing right now? You know, you guys want to buy treasury bonds? You guys want to fund our debt? U.S. government debt, $30 trillion in debt. We reach the debt ceiling here once again, and we get data like this from the Kobesi letter. Total U.S. debt is set to cross $50 trillion within 10 years. Annual interest on that debt will be over $1 trillion. Meanwhile, the U.S. generates roughly $4 trillion per year in revenue. 25% of the annual revenue in the U.S. will be paid in interest. How can this possibly end well? So this is the situation for the United States, right? We will be crossing $50 trillion just within 10 years. Could happen even sooner. With the annual interest on that debt well over $1 trillion. How does this end? Well, what should we do? Well, let's break this down for you guys. We've been talking about it. We've been breaking down this plan. We've been saying, guys, I don't think that we're through the weeds. I don't think that the, the fire has been contained, right? I don't think that the disease has been contained, right? We still have contagion happening and we're about to see it grow. Sure enough, here we are. What should we do? Well, let's take a look here. JC on Twitter. With customers of SIVB, right, SBNY, and FRB, these are the different banks, these smaller banks that are starting to have issues. They're collapsing 40 to 50% on their stock price, and they've had to shut down the trading of these stocks. Silver Silvergate already been, uh, or Silicon Valley Bank already been seized. And most of the regional banking sector frantically withdrawing deposits, it's likely that at least some of the capital will be converted into gold and silver. The problem is the physical stocks of precious metals have greatly depleted. That's the problem, is that the run on the metals has already started. We've been talking about this, right? We've been warning people. We've been telling you guys about our partner linked up down below that will help you roll over your 401k retirement account into precious metals and make that allocation. I've been telling you that our partners will also ship it directly to your house so that you have no counterparty risk. You don't even have to rely on it being in somebody else's vault. You can have it physically in your hand. You can clink that metal together. Physical metal on hand, no counterparty risk. No one can tell me whether or not I can use this to go provide for my family. No matter what I need to buy, no matter what I need to use it for, no matter uh, you, you know, what happens to the dollar, we are going to hold value. So what should we be doing right now? First off, when it comes to your business, when it comes to your household, cash flow must cover debt service. We've said it from the very beginning. If you're analyzing any deals right now, you're trying to make some moves. It's going to be a great time. There are going to be fire sales on all assets. Absolutely. But you have to ask the question, does cash flow cover debt service? That's the only way we can make deals work. And if you don't have any profit left over, then you ain't going to be making any money on the deal either. So if cash flow covers debt service, at least you can potentially stay alive. 
But if you don't have a little bit of profit after that, right, you ain't going to be able to live. Now, right now, operating our businesses, I would consider only keeping what you need for operational expenses to pay your employees, payroll, other bills, right? You can keep that in the banks. Everything else, I'm pulling out. I'm getting out and we're making other allocations, okay? Because you're seeing it spread rapidly. If we need to keep some money in the bank account, if we got M's in the bank, as the kids say, no more than 250000 in any one account. Why is that? Because, well, the FDIC insurance, right? Mo you know, it'd be ideal if we could get completely out, completely out. But, you know, it's tough. It's tough to stuff a million dollars under your uh, under your mattress. There's, there's a security risk, inherent security risk in doing so, okay? If you have that problem, I would suggest no more than 250000 in any one account, right? Because anything above that, you're going to be in some FDIC settlement and you're going to be hoping and praying that you get your money back or a portion of your money back. Now, ideally, anything less than 250000 should be covered by FDIC and you should be good to go, should be. That's the story they're telling us. Just like the crypto bros tell us a cool story, this is the FDIC. And we just got a clip. I totally forgot. I'm not, still not thinking clearly right now, but I was going to pull up the clip of the FDIC meeting, but you guys already saw it probably, right? The one from November where they're talking about the systemic risk and they're talking behind closed doors about the issues that we have within the banking system and how they knew something was coming. They didn't know what it would be. They didn't know when it would be, but they got to see trials, tests, simulations ran through the crisis that occurred in 2020. They got many benefits from the simulations of 2020, didn't they? So no more than 250000 in any one account. Other than that, we're talking cash, food, and essentials. We have been talking about it. We're going to continue to talk about it. Last weekend, we had a two and a half hour prepping call within my Discord group. If you're looking to get tapped in, you go to my website, you sign up for the Patreon, and that gets you access to the Discord group, a family of like-minded individuals in an investment community where we're talking about these types of issues. We've been tapped into a program that is not failing us. We continue to be successful with our businesses, with our family, with the operations that we're running at our households. We're still taking care of business, food, essentials, cash on the sidelines, and then it's going to be precious metals, right? You know me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flash my metals every single episode at you because it's just a fundamental part. And the reason why we like these one-ouncers is for divisibility, barterability, right? If I had to, I could cut these things in half, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. And we have to, we have to understand that... Um, what does the does the silver chart matter is the price of silver going to matter when you're looking to go use this metal to go pay for some groceries to go buy you some you know half a cow <laughs> to, to to go buy your your family safety to go buy your family shelter to fill up your view i mean you don't know what you're going to need it for right and we won't know exactly what the price is going to be but what matters most is that there is going to be nobody stopping you from using this for barter or trade. I can't tell you what the price is going to be of silver in that moment when it's time for you to bust out one ounce silver to go pay for some groceries. When it's time for you to take a 10 ounce bar to buy your family way to safety to, to go pay a month's rent. I can't tell you what the price of silver is going to be. But what matters most is that you have 
assets that still work, commodities that you can still trade. When the systems go down, when the lights go out, when a bank run is happening, as we see live right now. And what did we see? We had all these guys arguing with us. It's going to be just fine. You're going to keep the reserve currency status forever. It's going to be just fine in the West. It's going to be just fine in the United States. No, we're just going to make jokes of Lebanese people going in and literally having bank heists. We're just going to make fun of Sri Lanka having gas shortages and, and food crisis and food shortages. And we're going to make fun of South Africa having the lights out for hours during the day. Can't happen here. All is well here. Let's have another barbecue. It's going to be just fine. So we thought, well, that wasn't our program. And we prepared for this moment, folks. I just want to say thank you so once again. Thank you so much for all the support, all the love, all the prayers that you guys have been sending me. You guys know we've been dealing with the family situation over here. Can't thank you guys enough. Okay. But a huge shout out to our Discord community where we've been having our prepping calls. We've been having our calls on real estate. You know, we've been talking about building businesses over the last two years while our XRP, while our crypto gets wrecked and we got the doofus morons that make fun of us. Oh, how's that XRP doing? Well, you know, it's down like everything else, but the businesses are still producing cash flow. We've already made our allocations for the food, for the essentials to make sure that our lights stay on, right? Making sure that our family stays fed during this crisis. So what do we do? Quick rundown once again. With our businesses, with any deal that we're considering right now, cash flow must cover debt services and run with conservative assumptions when you're going through a P&L, when you're going through a, any sort of statement, any sort of breakdown, looking over any sort of deal right now. Make sure you're running with conservative assumptions and, and maybe be a little bit more pessimistic in your assumptions on how that business is going to operate, how that real estate is going to perform. Cash flow must cover debt service. No more than 250000 in any one account. Okay? If you could, you know, you know, potentially pay, maybe pull a lot or most. I, you know, I'm not here to give you financial advice. I'm just saying that I'm only keeping what I need to stay operational, to have payroll, to pay bills. That's what I'm keeping in the system. Everything else, thank you very much. Cash, food, essentials. Your prepping strategy just like your investment strategy is not one size fits all. You cannot go check out. I mean, go look. There's there's thousands of, of prepping videos, of checklists, right, that you can do. There's thousands of videos that uh, of people that are giving you financial advice, telling you the five cryptos that you need to hold or the 20 different cryptos or the perfect portfolio or what, whatever story they're pitching you guys. It's never one size fits all for your investment strategy or for your prepping checklist either, right? And, and, and as you're seeing, this isn't about a doomsday scenario. The bank runs are live right now as we speak. I'm not here to induce panic. I'm not here to induce FOMO. I'm not here to spread FUD. I'm here to provide clarity. It was hard to see, right? You had to be able to connect a few dots. You need to be able to see into the future a little bit. And like we've been saying, it doesn't matter so much on the timeline. When you understand what events are inevitable, you can position yourself accordingly and sit back and sleep well at night. Hug your loved ones 
and ask God to take us through to the other side. The timeline doesn't necessarily matter when you understand what events are inevitable because you can invest and prepare accordingly. Precious metals. If you have a 401k retirement account, okay, you head on over to my website. There's a gold link. Hit that link. Fill out the form. My people will get in touch with you and they will help you roll over any sort of retirement savings account. Make an allocation towards precious metals. If you also want the metal shipped directly to you, okay, you can just head on over to my website, send us a message, let us know. We will make sure it gets uh, you know, shipped directly to you. We'll get it there. Even if you're in Canada, it works as well, okay? Head on over, get in touch, get tapped in, our investment community, sign up for the Patreon, gets you access to the Discord. We're going to be having another weekly call tomorrow. Every Saturday, we have our weekly calls, okay? You get direct access to me. We get to have more intimate conversations. It's a family over there. I cannot wait. Um, we're going to be actually having a meetup in Vegas for the XRP Vegas conference. I will be attending that conference. And then we are going to be having our Discord meetup as well. It's going to be an absolute party. Can't wait to see all of you guys. I love all of you so much. This community continues to grow strong. And I just want to say thank you once again for all the support. Okay. All I ask is that you guys smash that thumbs up, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any future content, and then you guys can head on over to my website, okay? Head on over to the website. It's all over there. Get in touch and spread this message far and wide. God bless you all. I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care.